welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's going on, Anthony? Hey, David. Just uh, basketball is, what, 24 hours away? Basketball game. Real basketball, out. yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And joining us once again this week from inside the bubble... From the Associated Press, Tim Reynolds. Tim, you actually get to go watch the basketball in person. How excited are you? I am very, very excited. Although I must say I'd be more excited if you referred to me by my official title, which is Heat Check Podcast Bubble Correspondent. Yes, that, we, we can get you like a business card or something so you can hand that out to people. <laughs> Handwritten is fine. Does, does the Associated Press know that they're paying for you to be a correspondent for us? That's the real reason you're in the bubble? You know what? I don't know how the economics work of the Associated Press, but I assume we're paying them in some capacity. <laughs> right? We use their stories. We're paying them. That's true. That's a good point. You're right. we, are, we are encouraged to help our members however we can. And the Herald is, of course, a, a longtime AP member and that's about all I know about the relationship. We, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, it's no different than doing radio shows everywhere, it seems like. In fact, the only place I don't do radio is Miami, I think because they, they know me so well and don't like me very much. So, But everywhere else, they seem to like me pretty pretty cool, which is nice, which is nice. Yeah, I would think uh, you, you obviously are getting radio calls, but I would think everyone inside the bubble is probably has the greatest uptick of like – interest in, in people, not even necessarily for radio and TV spots and stuff, but just people texting you like, what, what is it like there? Yeah, every phone call I get right now is one of three things. My wife, a radio call, or some number from Hollywood telling me that my iCloud has been Oh reached. my god. I got 15 calls in a two-hour stretch yesterday, or Monday. Was it was crazy how many I'm getting lately. So whoever you are in Hollywood, <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> um, so anyway, what's going on in the bubble? Um, it is. It remains most bubblicious. It is fantastic in here. Um, you know what? There is definitely. Um, it's it's restart eve. It really is. I mean, it, it just it it there's a, there's an excitement. I mean. I think I, I think everyone was excited to see the scrimmages, and then nobody was excited to see the third scrimmage because <laughs> two was enough, three was too many. Um, I think everybody was pretty much agreed on that. And then, of course, you know the you know the Rockets lose Eric Gordon, which somebody was going to get hurt. Yeah, anyway, but, you know, the, if it wasn't going to happen in the scrimmage, it was going to happen in one of these eight regular no season quote. games. If, yeah. if it could happen in practice, they could say it could happen coming off a bus. And I may or may not have taken an awkward step coming off a bus the other day. So yes, it definitely can happen. Um, I, I just think that now it's real, and I think everyone, you know, th- there's definitely like morale is everything in here and, and honestly like every everything's been fine it, we we all know the reality it stinks to be away from our families it stinks to be away from our friends i get that um we're covering something historic we're watching something historic i think everyone's mood is going to be pretty high the next few days as this thing starts we we want to see what's going to happen during the anthems we want to see what the statements by these teams are going to be. 
of course we want to see the, the level of play. I mean, that's kind of why we're here. We want to see that race for eight in the West. We want to see what the seeding is going to look like in the East. But that there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of real genuine anticipation. And it reminds you why we have these stupid jobs, mm-hmm. guys. It's, there's a pandemic raging outside these outside the fence. There's, um, you know, minor political turmoil going on in the country, uh, depending on which way you lean. But in here, it's all about basketball. It's all about why we do this. It's why sports are the release that we all need from reality. And I would say um, we're all all really pumped to see what's going to happen. And, and I think another thing, too, is, you know, I'm not in the bubble, obviously, but I'm guessing that part of the reason the morale is high is that it's working. Like, you see baseball, you see, you know, other leagues facing challenges, and the bubble, while there was, you know, they did, there was a lot of planning and there was a lot of thought involved, there was uncertainty of, is it going to work? Is, you know, that transition period from teams coming from their home markets, you know, into Disney, what will that be like? Will there, will there be someone who, who carries it, carries the virus into the bubble. But so far, I mean, yes, there's a long way to go, but what, three weeks, four weeks in, it's working. Like, th- that has to be part of kind of when you say that there's there's high morale, like that has to be part of it, right? Absolutely. And, and to that point, I want to make this really clear because I've been on the phone with a couple of owners in the last couple of days. Um, I bumped into a few GMs here Um Obviously, you see a lot of players, and even the, the other reporters, just when you're like sitting around talking. And I think there's a perception, because I've been asked about this on a couple radio shows, and so let's just, I, I just wanted to say it to you guys, too. Nobody in here is saying, ha-ha, to baseball. Nobody. Like, it, it's, there isn't any sense of satisfaction that what the NBA is doing is working better than what baseball is doing. And, and that's, I mean, what the Marlins are going through, I can't, I mean, obviously we know what they're going through. We see it, we know what's happening, but it's still tough to imagine. I mean, their season's in real jeopardy. I think we can all agree on that. You know, it, it's, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, and, and, and who knows if this is really going to be isolated to just one team. You know, the overriding sense that you get from people when you say, Hey, what do you think of the Marlins? What do you think of baseball? You know, you know, football starting. What do you think? Any NBA person who matters will tell you. And by that, I mean the people who actually run this stuff, not the people in here writing about it. They need the other sports to do well. I mean, there is a, there is a fraternity among these leagues. Like everybody wants the other sports to do well. They want the hockey bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton to work. They want football to figure out a way. Um, I am highly skeptical of that one. I just, I don't see how it's going to work, but fingers crossed. I, I, we all need it to work. Um, and we need baseball to work. And so, you know, the Marlins stuff, I mean, people are speaking in really somber, really apologetic tones. I mean, coaches that have, Coaches that probably can't name five Marlins. Coaches that probably don't even know that Don Mattingly is the manager of the Marlins. They, everyone is really worried about that situation because it is a cautionary tale, and it reminds yeah. us all how fragile this whole thing is. Well, it's hopefully a reminder to you know some of the players and and 
personnel who maybe like were kind of annoyed at being in the bubble that it's kind of a necessary evil if you want to do this. It was, you know, it was a pretty stark contrast to see, you know, right after the MLB announces that the Marlins go on hiatus for a couple of days, basically the NBA and NHL both announced that they, you know, got through the last week of testing totally clean. Um, so it might not be what everyone wants, but but so far at least it's been a necessary, necessary evil at work. You know, those draconian measures they were taking, like forcing Rashawn Holmes to, to quarantine for... 10 days after he barely crosses the line, uh, it's like a necessary evil if you want to get this done. So I, there are, I am a extremely directionally challenged human. And by that, it's just a fancy way of saying I have no idea which way I'm going ever. Um, I've been so petrified. There's a way like, so there's, there's a convention center that's kind of like attached to this hotel. And that's where a lot of the practices are. And it's actually easier to walk there than it is to wait for the shuttle. But you have to walk. You can't walk through the main door of it. You kind of got to go through, like, the loading docks. And you don't really know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're going to get turned this time because they keep closing hallways here. I am petrified that I'm going to go over some invisible line and and get slapped into quarantine. One, it would be embarrassing. Two, it would be so frustrating. But, it, you know, the Rashawn Holmes thing... It's funny and it's not in that, you know, if, if we go somewhere where people have not been tested daily, like when Anthony comes to games and is sitting in the group two area at the, at, you know, in, in these arenas, I can't go say hi. Right. Like it's, it's wild yeah. because Anthony is in theory, not clean in terms of the virus. And like, I mean, Adam Silver, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tweet this so often tomorrow. Um, I have more access than Adam Silver will at mm-hmm. these games. Because when Adam Silver flies in tomorrow, he's going to be in group two because yeah. he hasn't been here and hasn't quarantined. It's crazy to think about the stuff you have to think about now. Wow. All right, Tim, you mentioned uh, on Twitter yesterday you have exclusive uh, content from Inside the Bubble coming on the Heat Check podcast. What, what's the What's the latest? What, what are you waiting to spring on us? Well, I put a little bit of it out there yesterday, but I got to tell you, this so the Myers Leonard Kendrick Nunn hotel room story I think has become one of my favorite stories in 17 years of covering this franchise it is it's an astounding story and what makes it even better is that Kendrick doesn't even like really get it because he wasn't here I mean now we can say it that you know he was home with the virus he's right. come out with Dallas yeah. Kendrick doesn't even like know what went on with his room when the heat got here. So without giving the aliases away, guys still check into hotels under a fake name. Yep. I check in, I check in under Anthony Chang. People are calling me <laughs> all hours of the night. It's insane. So as long as you get the as long as you get the points too. <laughs> which there are no Disney points. I have no <laughs> idea. There probably are, but I'm not getting them. So they check in and, and their aliases Aliasai? Would that be? Alii, um, maybe? Alii? Um, they're very similar. I said I wouldn't say what they are, but they're very similar, and they are both they both revolve around a, su- a certain superhero. Um, Myers gets into his room, or what, was, what he thought was his room, 
and sets up all of his gaming equipment, like his $4 billion yeah. worth of gaming equipment, and immediately decides, well, now I'm exhausted. I'm going to take a nap. And he gets in the bed, and like half his legs are coming off at the end of the bed because they gave him a bed for normal people, <laughs> not a bed for Myers Leonard size humans. So he gets done, he takes his nap though, and he gets finishes the nap and calls Rob Pimenthal, the Heat's unbelievable equipment manager, and says, hey, my bed's small. And Pimenthal's like, no, it's not. You got one of the, you got one of the big boy beds. And Myers is like, no, I didn't. And this goes on for a while. So Pimenthal comes to check it out. Sure enough, Myers has one of the short beds. And that's when Rob realizes that Myers is in the wrong room. He got Kendrick's room because of the similarity of their alias. And then Myers complains about his view, which is basically like overlooking like a parking yeah. lot or an air conditioning duct or something. Kendrick's room, sitting unoccupied for a week and a half because he's not here, has like a lake view and <laughs> water. I mean, just this magnificent vista with this bed that can hold 67 people and the whole <laughs> So Myers gets his new bed. Kendrick eventually gets here. Kendrick told me that the view is not that good and he doesn't know what Myers is talking about. And Myers took great exception to that. But it's hilarious that the aliases are... are word got out among the trainers and the equipment managers that this had happened to the Heat. Turns out this particular alias might be the most common in the NBA. And other trainers and equipment managers were talking about, oh, you don't know the half of it. Like, this happened to us, this happened here, this happened to this, okay, this happened on this group. This has been like a thing in the NBA where even fake names are becoming an issue. And the best part of the whole thing, or the, the, the untold part of the whole thing is it's not even like the only alias snafu that has kind of been a thorn in the heat side here. And the other part is not even an alias. The guy screwed up their real names. So I work here in Solomon Hill. Pretty sure it was Solomon. Actually, now saying it, I'm not. So I think it was Solomon. Tyler is definitely involved. So the magic bands that they give you, and people who haven't been to Disney, the magic band is the thing that gets you in everywhere. It's like your C Pass card on a cruise ship or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're all personalized. Like mine just says NBA Finals. They don't because they didn't do it with the AP logo. But like LeBron's is Lakers colors and you know, the Heat ones are Heat colors and so on. And they all say their name. Except apparently Solo is wearing Tyler, Hill, Tyler Hero's bracelet and Tyler's wearing Solo's because they just grabbed the wrong ones. And then they were calibrated to their, to their rooms and it's used to identify you for the testing for the whole thing. So it's a huge to-do now to switch the bracelets. And I guess they've just given up trying to switch the bracelets. The guys want the bracelets with their right name on it, and I don't think they're going to have it. So the Tyler Hero bracelet that gets put on eBay when this whole ordeal is over is probably never will have been worn by Tyler Hero. That's amazing. There are, there's good nuggets in here. Also, basketball is being played, but I'm not really watching it. <laughs> yeah, you can... two, two takeaways real quick. A, uh, number one, Guys have to be more creative with their aliases. Yeah, I was going to say, guys need to watch more movies. Yeah, like, come on. If you know it's the most popular alias in the NBA, like, come up with a new one. Two, if, if, if I'm reading this correctly, obviously Myers Leonard was supposed to have a 
better room. Uh, he's a veteran. You, a, a, a veteran's a, a room exactly. that befits a veteran. Yes. Yes, of course. But my my, I guess my question is, what does what LeBron's room look like? Like, I know Myers is a veteran. He's a starter. He's a very he's a good NBA player. But LeBron superstars is like, is that true? Like, I know there have been some jokes about well, LeBron's in a three bedroom suite in the penthouse of the hotel, like. Are, do you know if stars are giving, given better rooms because of their status? Um, they are. And particularly that one, I think. Like, So I asked about LeBron's room. And apparently, listen, this was told to me kind of in a funny way. So I'm not saying it happened, but it just speaks to how Far the Lakers will go to keep LeBron happy. The joke was when they got here that if LeBron wanted a peacock in his room, an actual live peacock in his room, Rob Palenka would have gotten him two of them just to make sure the peacock stayed happy. Um, <laughs> it's and that was hand to God that was told me myself. So it's I'm told he does. He does not have um, a room that opens to the outside like, say, I do, um, for example. Um, humble brag. Humble brag. My room doesn't open to the outside. That's an extremely humble brag because it's not really a brag. Um, I do know that, you know, LeBron, I mean, Mike Mancius, who's worked with LeBron forever, but is, an, is a Lakers employee. He's here. Um, there's a member of LeBron's inner circle. That's here as well. Also in the employ of the Lakers, but he's also here. So, yeah, I, I think they have gone above and beyond to keep him. Um, and when I say here, I mean in the bubble here, like right. legitimately part of the Lakers traveling party. Um, they do go above and beyond to keep to keep him happy. The, the The gist I've gotten from Heat guys is that the rooms are fine, not great, but fine. And a lot of guys get get suites. When they're on the road, and I'll tell you this: like last year, I was doing a project with Dwayne, so I went to San Antonio, um, and they had an off day in San Antonio. And so the the deal was come to the hotel around noon, and you know we'll we'll do this thing. So I'm all excited. I'm like, all right, text Dwayne, and I'm like, all right, what's the room number? He tells me the room number, and I'm like, I'm going to go see what the inside of an NBA player's suite looks like. It was completely underwhelming. It was like it wasn't even a suite. And it was like one of the best rooms in the hotel. So I think a lot of this stuff gets overstated. But um, if, if LeBron wanted to stay in the bridge suite at Atlantis and be helicoptered in here every day, <laughs> the Lakers would find a way to make this happen. You got to give wait. him like the like Cinderella's room in the actual uh, Magic Kingdom castle. I wonder. I'll ask. <laughs> It was funny yesterday. Well, I don't know if you guys saw that. taffeta in your room? Is there taffeta hanging from everything <laughs> in the room like Cinderella would want? Did you see the, the his inter- LeBron's interview yesterday where it looked like he was sitting on a throne? So I did. <laughs> and it's not a throne. I know. It, it's just a regular chair that was in the hallway. It was just fun. It's a funny. It was a funny visual. I know it was it like was a funny, it was a funny visual. And what was even funnier was so the 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 speaking order for the Lakers yesterday was Javale, 
LeBron, Frank Vogel. JaVale used the bar stool. LeBron comes out and he's icing everything. And he's like, no, I need to be lowered to the ground because, you know, he needs to have his feet in the ice. And he's got so much ice going, it's crazy. He's got his feet in ice tubs. So he's going to do the media while he's icing. Um, needed something lower to the ground. So they, they found this thing that, yes, looked like, very much looked like a throne. And in the 60 seconds or so between LeBron getting done and Frank Vogel coming out talking, the throne mysteriously disappeared and the bar stool returned for Frank. So it's like, <laughs> what a throne, but only the king got to sat in it anyway. So doesn't that make it de facto a throne? Does four, this, four does guys, this treatment four, like... guys, four guys carried him away in it. <laughs> does this treatment like scale? Like is Giannis like the next tier down, and then like with like Chris Paul, like the next kind of biggest guys, and then there's like a next tier with like the the All NBA guys who are or maybe not quite super duper stars like Jimmy Butler. Is it, is this a scaled tier all the scaled tiering all the way down for treatment, or is, um, or is LeBron just above above it all? You know he's I the king, so he. There's there's a there's a sub layer of the stratosphere that only the very I mean there's like okay there's there's first class on Delta and then there's like those twenty thousand dollars suites that people are always putting anytime you like it always comes up on YouTube on my YouTube for some reason it's always like hey check out these twenty thousand dollars suites or this flight right. across Europe or something. I'm like, how do I even, how does YouTube even like direct me to this? Like, I, I have no air status. It's, I think he's in that stratosphere. Yeah. Yes. I think the, the, the Jimmy Butlers and people like that, yes, they're, they're well taken care of. But, you know, if, if LeBron wants to be iced down with crushed ice instead of ice cubes, they're going to find crushed ice for him, period. All right, should we wrap up with some uh, actual basketball talk now that uh, we got some games coming up? Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, the Heat obviously did not look good yesterday. Um, and you you mentioned that you, you obviously being there, you get to talk to some players kind of in, you know, more pre- – you know, it's hard. These, these Zoom teleconferences are, are tough to get the full insight, the full body language. But, but you mentioned you felt like the Heat uh, – you know, they, they were really taking something away from that last scrimmage. Um, that, that something was anger. Yeah. So you could see it. They, they, it was what? It was, what, 69, 52 at the half? Do I remember right? Something like that. Yeah, it, was, it, was a lot to, it was a lot to a lot less. Yeah. And Udonis was, I think, the last guy to walk off the court and into the heat locker room area. It wasn't really a locker room. And he was like just shaking his head, not in not the frustration shake, but the I'm going to go light a table on fire look that he gets from time to time in a scrimmage. He had that look. And so he was also the last guy to emerge from that room when they came back out to start the second half. 
and he had the exact same look and the exact same head shake going on. So it was bad at halftime and obviously didn't get any better. Um, I will say this. It was an unusual, it was an unusual schedule. Not playing a game at two in the afternoon. Like that's just part of the deal here. But they were on the practice floor till like eight thirty the night before. Ordinarily, that wouldn't happen. Right. We're supposed to have like a, a long practice before a, a regular game, much less a day game. Um, I, I think they tried some stuff that that failed. Um, you could see where that Memphis was very very motivated. Um, I think because of Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala. I think it had nothing to do with Justice Winslow and his bizarre tweet after the game, which was just bizarre. Um, I know Anthony wants to discuss that with me. Um, no comment. Oh, it was nuts. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> he did. I think he actually muted himself. He cut out. <laughs> he word. did. Um, there, if there is an upside, it's this. If you wondered if the Heat would have motivation to practice tomorrow and Friday, they're off today. The motivation is not going to be in short supply after after an effort like that. I mean, guys were – I don't remember a game this year where guys were that upset. And this was a scrimmage, and they were pretty ticked off. So, again, it speaks to how seriously the Heat are taking this, and it also speaks to the fact that Look, they know they're not ready for primetime right now. I don't know if any team here is, but they're not where they want to be. And there is frustration that they are not the same team that they were in March, that they're not the same team that they were in January. They're not the same team that they were in November. There's frustration that these games count and they don't feel ready, but that is the unfortunate reality for them and 21 other teams too. Yeah, like – these are scrimmages, so again, they're, they're just practice games, so you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I'll say this: like the defense is concerning, and it, it really has been all season. Like they they have not been a good defensive team, pretty much all season. They've been mediocre. I think they're 14th best in the league right now, 13 out of the 22 teams in the you know in the restart. Um, this is very unlike the Heat. They, fin- they have finished with a top 10 defense each of the past four seasons. They have not been able to crack that this year. Um, they have a very good offense, but their defense is just not that good. And in the scrimmages, it wasn't good either. Like they, I think I, I ran the numbers yesterday. In the three scrimmages, the opponent shot 47% from the field, 40% on threes. And yes, they're scrimmages. The Heat are still tuning up. But you want to see some improvement on that side of the court because, you know, as we've talked about, for months like to win the playoffs you have to have some type of defensive presence and this team does have good like good defensive personnel especially after the trade they have a lot of versatility um they have guys who could guard multiple positions they can put lineups out there where they can switch on on pretty much everybody um but for some reason they just have not been able to get it together on on that end and i think that is frustrating for them where you talk about, I'm guessing they worked on that a lot the past two or three weeks in practice, and you just haven't seen it translate yet in, in these scrimmages. And now on Saturday, the real games start, and oh, you're starting with Denver, and then you play Toronto, and then you play Boston, and then you play Milwaukee. Like, they have to find a way to get things turned around pretty quickly here. Yeah, I mean, it's something we've definitely talked about a lot. It's basically they've got two great, great, great two-way players in, in Jimmy and Bam who are 
some of the best offensive players in the league and some of the best defensive players in the league. And then they've got basically like four great offensive players who don't play any defense and four great defensive players who don't play any offense. So it's you need a like you need a couple of those great offensive guys like Tyler or Kendrick to like take take that step right here and, and become more capable defenders. Or you need some of those guys who are your defense first guys like. Um, Iguodala and Jay Crowder, who I guess was pretty good offensively because he was shooting the lights out uh, before the stoppage, but you need those guys to be consistent offensively. I also think, though, yes, they've been working on it since they could get back on the floor, but they've had Bam for like one and a half practices. No, that's a good point. And, and, and it's not, again, and I would say this is true for everybody except the six teams fighting for one spot out West. I know Dallas hasn't technically clinched yet, but they're not going to go 0-8 here. So that, and that's all they have to avoid. So let's just put Dallas in. Those six teams out West for one spot, they need to hit the ground running. And you saw that Memphis is ready. And, and I would also, I mean, look, what's Miami playing for here? They're playing for a seed. You're not playing for home court. You're not playing for... You're playing for a seed. Memphis, Memphis is playing eight games for their lives, for their playoff lives anyway. We, you saw the difference. And yeah, were they motivated by the Iguodala stuff and the Crowder stuff? Yes. I mean, as Anthony alluded to earlier, the Justice Winslow tweet was nuts. Give me that, Anthony. Come on. Give me that much. I noticed the tweet. I'll say that. It was insane. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I honest to God, don't get it. I mean, he was traded. You know, he had some motivation. I'm, I'm guessing he, he wanted to be. motivation. He didn't want to be in Miami. Let's just say it finally. He didn't want to be in Miami. And by the way, I have played as many minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies as he has. And if anybody ever dedicated a scrimmage to me, I'd be like, hey, no <laughs> You're lucky nobody listens to this podcast then because uh... – they would aggregate. They would aggregate that comment and make it a headline on every single. Oh, side. Um, I would. I would much. I would much rather have somebody be like, "Dude, can I get you a frappuccino?" I don't even like frappuccinos. I'd rather have a frappuccino dedicated to me than a scrimmage. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But you're I mean, so uncomfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to basketball. Um, right. you, you touched on it, though. That, like, obviously, these eight games, you know, you for some teams, they have to treat them like playoff games. For, for most of the teams, they, they can for treat some, them. Some teams, these are game seven. And for some teams, these are really more are preseason like, games. Is, and is that the sense you get from on the ground, the way the Heat are going to kind of treat it? Obviously, they want to win these games. They want to be the four seed or whatever if they can, or the three seed. I can't remember if they even can realistically get to there, but... You get the sense they're gonna they're gonna do some experimenting. They're they're figuring out lineups still. They're they're trying to work these new guys in. Yeah, that, I mean, there, there's gonna be a, an element to Spo that's like we got to win these games because they're games and that's what we do. Right. And there's also gonna be you're gonna see Spo be the mad scientist, um, you know, in some of these games. But also, like you saw, like in the in the second scrimmage against somebody. Who was their second scrimmage against? That's Utah. How, in Utah. Utah. Thank you. 
They had an opportunity. They could have sent the game to overtime. They had a layup opportunity at the end. They didn't take it because they just were like, enough's enough. We're, you know, you know, we don't care. I mean, ordinarily, you take the layup there. Mm-hmm. Um, Spo was going to challenge a call late in that game and probably would have won the challenge, but he's like, what's the point? Um, you know, there's some side out of bounds stuff. He's not going to show anybody right now because, right. again, what's what's the point? Yesterday, don't don't dismiss it. Because, oh, it was just practice. Oh, it was a day game. Oh, what? If, no. I mean, they did nothing to their standard yesterday. Nothing to their standard. Um, and, and the frustration was evident really. I mean, they gave up 41 points in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, you know, and John Morant's good, but, you know, I mean, they made, I mean, I, I think I should have gotten my, I mean, the, the guy who, actually collects our NBA ballots and by that I mean we emailed them to him was sitting behind me yesterday for the game and I turned around in the middle of the first quarter and I said can I have my ballot back because I forgot to put John Moran as MVP of the world <laughs> um, it, it, it's it, yeah there were some definitely some troubling signs but if we're still talking about how poorly they play defense against Memphis when we get to game one of the playoffs then 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 there's bigger problems than the Heat even I think that's all fair, and it is a scrimmage. The only reason I would say it's a concern is because it's been an issue all season. Right, you know what I mean? this like, is how they went into the break, being frustrated right. with horrible defensive performances. Right. And it's not even just the defense. It's And again, this is turnovers. I mean, that is even easier to kind of chalk up to they've been together for like three weeks. But turnovers have also been an issue this season. Yesterday it was an issue. So it was just like two issues that have kind of followed the heat this year, despite the good record. Like two of the biggest issues have been defense – and just turnovers. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of fixed that turnover issue as the season went on, but yesterday it popped up. I think that 18 turnovers, and the defense just was not good. So it's the first game with Bam. Bam has been in two practices. Kendrick has been in two practices. Um, so there is time. And like you said, I think the eight seeding games, yes, they want to win all those games, but they're going to use it to kind of experiment here. They haven't had the full roster together yet, um, really, for a real game. Like this is the Saturday will be the first real game to have the real roster together now that Myers is healthy and Tyler's healthy and the guy you know the guys from the trade are available um this is this is like their debut all together so I think the eight seeding games will be important for for Spo to kind of find the right rotation that works um so yeah I, I mean I, I I agree with you Tim I just still think defense is an issue just because it has been an issue pretty much all season you know what one more issue on the defensive end is and this happened twice yesterday and I'm not calling him out. Jimmy was involved in one of them. I forget who the other player was. But there were two instances in that game yesterday where the Heat missed a layup. Um, and it wasn't the one Tyler missed that was open. It was like a contested layup where they thought they got fouled. They stayed to argue the call, didn't get back, and their guy comes down and hits a three. Like, missing the layup... And then giving up a three, that's a five-point yeah. swing. It happened twice. That's a 10-point swing. It's its another reminder that every single player in this league is really, 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 really good. Yeah. Like, there's I, – I hope that's something that gets picked up on because, you know, Dwayne, God bless him, you know, the best player ever to play here. I was going to say that. He did that a lot. He did that Dwayne, a lot. Dwayne was the best I ever saw at 
arguing calls after and, 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 and staying behind to play. Goran's really good at it too. Like when Goran doesn't get a call, but then he hustles back just to follow somebody. Like he gets real angry about it. But like it's, you know, you just can't do these things, particularly when you're not an airtight defensive team, and they're not an right. airtight defensive team. They can't help teams out by letting them play five on four, even for five seconds. You can't do that. So, I, I have a funny feeling that when they break down film of that game, those those couple instances, and again, it, it wasn't. I'm not saying it's. It was. I forget who it was. To Jimmy and maybe it wasn't. A, I don't. It doesn't matter. It, it's it's not a one time thing. It's a that's another thing you just can't do. And you certainly can't do it in playoff time because you just never know when the moment's going to come in a series, it's going to turn the series. You just never know. So it's, I think weirdly, and there's been a lot of teams here, a lot of coaches here who have said this, like they don't mind seeing problems now. It gives them something to talk about. It gives right. them something to fix. Coaches like that. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and, and like you said, they're not an airtight defense. The Heat just, they're not that team this season, and that's fine. They don't have to be the best defensive team in the league. Um, it's just you don't want to you don't want to obviously allow 19 threes a game and a team to shoot close to 50 percent. Like there has to be, you know, some type of standard set. And the Heat's offense is good enough this season to overcome a not you know not having a great defense. Like a lot of times the Heat have depended on that you know top five defense in the league to win games. This year they don't have to do that, but they also can't overcome 18 turnovers and an opponent making 19 threes. So there's that balance that I think they'll have to find. Hey, did you see what Justice tweeted after the game? Sorry. Let me let me check it. Let me see. Sorry. <laughs> <All> <laughs> he right. did have a he did Justice was having a nice conversation with um with Jimmy and Kelly. Yeah, he tweeted the video of them coming over and like giving him a hug or whatever. You know, there, there's just, you know, guys went to go see a former teammate during play, I believe. But, you know, this one was, yeah, just, oh, God. Let him know, Tim, let him know. I can't let him know. I can't, I'm stopping there. But, like, uh all right. Um, anything Anything else from inside the bubble that we didn't that we didn't touch on that uh, that you want to want to let us know about? They've solved the um, how to make peanut butter and jelly pregame problem by by having pre made pre uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, or or PB and J, as the Associated Press would say, as the AP Style Book says, is now acceptable on all references, and I am so proud to work for this company. <laughs> believe me. Um, they offer them crustless. And they offer them with strawberry and grape jelly. Ooh. I don't know if it's jelly or jam. I think that's an important um, – I, I think it's going to take some investigating. But if players want their PB&J pregame, they will be there ready for them. Um, you know, obviously, I mean, to get serious for a moment, it's – you know, it, it's the, the messaging in these – especially in these early games – and, and how players are going to use the platform, I think, is yeah. Um, I think it's what people want to see. Um, I the the only thing that I've been led to believe so far is that what you see teams do tomorrow night in those first two games. Um, I I. I I wouldn't expect the Heat to do 
exactly that on Saturday. I think there's going to be a lot of individuality mm-hmm. from, from teams. And um, there has been a lot of talk, a lot of late night meetings for, with guys from various teams talking about how best to do it. It's an exchange of ideas. It's like, oh, we like that. We might try that. Um, it's incredibly important to these guys, and it should be, um, because they know everybody's going to be watching. And to the, it, it's just it's a continuation of what you saw with Malcolm Brogdon, Stephen Curry, and you know players taking to the streets um, mm-hmm. in March and April and May um, and June. I guess come to think of it. Um, the, it's yes, the games are important, and the championship is what everybody's here striving for. But um, I, I would hope that the broadcasters are going to show the anthems because you're going to see some you're going to see some moments that you've never seen in the NBA. There hasn't been a moment like this since you know Mahmoud Abdul Rauf um, had a very genteel protest of the anthem 25 years ago i don't think there's been a player who's knelt um in this era that started with colin kaepernick you're gonna see a lot of kneeling we know that um i'm really curious to see what the other stuff the nba is going to come up with this because i think it's going to be really impressive i think it's going to say a lot without anybody saying a word Mm -hmm. definitely and and one one other topic another serious topic actually i wanted to ask you tim just from being up there and talking to league officials um with this you know who knows where their storm is going to go and it seems like it's going to be a storm when it gets close um has there i mean again it's so far away three or four or five days away but the real games will be going on like has there been discussion about a contingency plan if that you know that does come anywhere close to disney yeah there is a hurricane plan um here and there has been It, it didn't come up because of this, is it even a tropical? As we're taping this, is it even? No, a yeah, it's and, still a wave. They're projecting it to be a tropical storm when it. I don't even know. I guess when it approaches Florida. Do we know how to pronounce this name? E, is like it's is I or something like I don't know. I'm probably butchering it, but yeah, somewhere close to that. It's I, a, yeah. It's a okay. Name. Whenever whenever it gets here, yes. Um, the, the indications yesterday, and again, no one knows what's really going to happen with this thing. We, look, mm-hmm. we all know the drill. Yeah. This time of year is a new thing for a lot of people. Here I know. Now. I was going to say, my, the, my, the heat and the, the magic are like, they, they know exactly the drill. Oh, like, yeah, we got no problem. I mean, this is, you know, um, everyone's like, what is this? <laughs> and so we had, we, had to do some, we had to do some explaining. I, I, I was... Uh, you know, I was uh, channeling my inner Craig Setzer yesterday and explaining to people how, how all this works. Um, you know, the fact that everybody is here, I mean, obviously no one has to travel anywhere yeah. because we're all here. Um, it, it would take some, like, incredible power outage situation, um, you know, an unsafe situation with the broadcast compound, with the, with the trucks and the trailers that are there that are actually – sending these images around the world, actually beaming them out. Um, you know, they're not anticipating it to be real bad here. The forecast this morning for Sunday in, in, in the Orlando area, you know, said a lot of rain, a lot of wind. But they're talking about winds that are like 30 miles an hour. So yeah. 
it's just going to be a bad storm day. It looks like, um, but if you know, heaven forbid, something with a category was to come our way, um, you know, everything as, as you know, the, the sense yesterday was literally everything that's going to happen here is about health and safety. That's not limited to coronavirus-related measures. They're not going to put people in a bad spot. They're not going to put buses on the road if even mm-hmm. even if they're only going a couple of miles around this around this campus, this complex, whatever we're calling it. They're not going to put buses on the road if it's a hurricane. If it's that bad, they're not, they're not going to make people walk outside from the bus or to the hotel or what. They're just not going to do it. So, is there a plan to shut things down if they absolutely had to? Yeah, it's been talked about, but no one's anticipating an interruption in play. Uh, for this, uh, unless there's some sort of it becomes worse than anticipated, yeah. And you know this this place is generated generated up pretty well. You know, <laughs> Disney's been through it. A lot of people in the NBA hasn't been through it. Yeah, true. Disney does know what it's doing. And again, like most of the hotel, I mean, the hotels are all like you know concrete block and the whole thing. Like, look, I'm I'm more worried about Miami than I am about like Buena Vista. Believe me. Yeah. All right, I think we can wrap things up there. Tim, thanks as always for coming on. Um, as always, you can follow him at by Tim Reynolds. He's got all the insights from inside the bubble. Uh, as real basketball is what, like thirty hours away as we record this, something like that. Thirty. Thirty-two hours. hours. What time's the first game? 30, thirty hours and thirty-four minutes as we record. Six thirty. Right yeah, six thirty tip off. Yep. Yeah, very, very, very excited. I've, I'm, I know the baseball season is like in dire straits right now, but I really enjoyed uh, watching baseball. Um, I'm even, even bigger basketball guy than I am a baseball guy, so I'm very excited for basketball well, we to come get, back. Well, we were going to have a Marlins game Saturday. We get Panther playoff hockey, yeah, and Heat basketball on Saturday. How awesome is that going to be? Yeah, it's definitely one of those days where you can just sit in one place all day. And I think what he he is at one on Saturday, right? And Panthers are at four, so they back up, bump up against one against each other nicely. Yes, where you very yes. much can just spend literally all afternoon on your couch, or or I can spend all afternoon running between three arenas and trying to figure out where can I plug in and write. So, but it's a nice problem to have. And the next pod we do. With me being the correspondent, unless I get fired from this capacity, we actually get to talk about games. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm guessing that podcast will be it'll be after the third game probably because they have the back to back Monday right. Tuesday, so we'll be three games in after games against Boston and Tor- and uh, Toronto and Denver. Like that's going to be yeah. I'm interested to see where where things stand. So much more about yeah in the next round. It's crazy. Yeah. It's going to happen so fast. Like, once this starts, oh, my God, it's going to happen fast. 100%. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He is uh, still down here in Miami, but uh, covering the team remotely, as he always does. You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, I'm handling a lot of Panthers these days, so if you're, you're into hockey, then you can follow me there. Um, but we will be back next week, like we said, after some real basketball. Um, should be even more fun than the last couple weeks have been. Oh, hey, one more thing. Guys, I forgot one thing. Anthony. Yeah. Did you see the Justice Winslow tweets? And the podcast. Wear a Goodbye. mask. Wear a mask. <laughs>